Good morning. It's good to be with you on this Monday morning as we continue going through Acts and uh, seeing Paul's journey now to Rome. Paul has now left the Holy Land, or he'll be leaving the Holy Land today, and uh, the rest of his life uh, will be spent either on the way to Rome or in Rome. So we'll pick up today with chapter 27, we're reading 27, um, verse 1 through verse 12. That's Acts 27, uh, verses 1 through 12. When it was decided that we were to set sail for Italy, they transferred Paul and some other prisoners to a centurion of the Augustan cohort named Julius, embarking on a ship of Adranthium that was about to set sail for the ports of along the coast of Asia, we put to sea, accompanied, being accompanied by Aristarchus, a Macedonian from Thessalonica. The day we put in, the next day we put in at Sidon, and Julius treated Paul kindly and allowed him to go to his friends and be cared for. Putting out to sea from there, we sailed under the lee of Cyprus because the winds were against us. After we had sailed across the sea that is off Sicilia and Pamphylia, we came to Myra in Lycia. The centurion found an Alexandrian ship bound for Italy and put us aboard. We sailed slowly for a number of days and arrived with difficulty at Nidus as the wind was against us. We sailed under the lee of Crete off Salome. Sailing past it with difficulty, we came to a place called Fair Havens, near the city of Lycia. Since much time had been lost and sailing was now dangerous, because even the fast had already gone by, Paul advised them, saying, Sirs, I can see the voyage will be, will be with danger and much heavy loss, not only of cargo and the ship, but also our lives. But the centurion paid more attention to the pilot and to the owner of the ship than to what Paul said. Since the harbor was not suitable for spending the winter, the majority was in favor of putting out to sea from there, on the chance that somehow they could reach Phoenix, where they could spend the winter. It was a, a harbor of Crete facing southwest and northwest. So um, we see now Paul's journey to Rome with this um, sailing is going to be dangerous. We're going to see uh, more of that tomorrow and uh, and, and the next day. Uh, but we're going to see it. it's going to be very, very dangerous. Um there's just a couple things we can notice about about this journey today. First, we see um, on one hand some kindness showed to Paul. Um, we see that um, uh, we we see that Julius treated. It's at verse three said we see Julius treated Paul kindly and allowed him to go to his friends to be cared for. So we see a certain level of respect that Paul has, and we're going to see that when he gets to Rome as well. That Paul is treated. For much, if not most, of his journey with a lot of kindness and respect. So we see that here. But then we also see towards the end um, some disrespect shown to Paul, where um, Paul says with verse in verse 10, it says, I can see the voyage will be with danger and much heavy loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but also of their lives. Verse 11 says, but the centurion paid more attention to the pilot and to the owner of the ship than to what Paul said. And so we see that Paul gives them a warning saying, listen, this, this journey is going to be challenging and, and difficult and hard. And um, we should be aware of the danger that's going to come. But no attention was paid to Paul in this. And then, I, don't, I don't like what it says in verse 12, but it made me laugh a little bit. Verse 12 said, since the harbor was not suitable for spending the winter, the majority was in favor of putting to sea from there on chance that somehow they could reach Phoenix where they could spend the winter. I, I I don't like water. I'm not a boat guy. 
I don't know that I've ever been on the reservoir in a boat. I, I don't have any desire to, I, I just, I don't do water. I just, I don't, I don't do water. That's my joke is that's the reason why I'm Methodist. I'm afraid of all the water the Baptists use. I just don't like water. Um, so I like the majority said, hey, let's set out just in case. Why not? Who knows what's going to happen? Let's give it a run. I, I will never, I would never vote <laughs> to set off to sea in hopes that we can make it. That's just not how, that's not how Andy Stoddard wired. That's not happening. So we see, we see here that an understanding that this is going to go badly. That trouble's coming. Paul sees it. Paul tries to warn them. Paul says, guys, this is this is going to go bad. This is we're going to lose cargo, we're going to lose the ship, and we may lose our lives too. Gonna go bad. Um, and yet no one pays him any attention. No one pays Paul any attention, do they? They ignore him. Talk to other people. And Paul's there trying to warn. And uh, it's going for naught. We, we, we've, we've been like that, haven't we, in our lives, friends? Haven't we? We've seen friends making bad decisions. We've seen family members making bad decisions. We've seen coworkers classmates, neighbors, making bad decisions. And it is a helpless feeling, isn't it? Paul did what he could do. He warned him and said, it's not going to go well. It's not. This is not going to go well. And there really wasn't much more he could do. So what do we do, friends? What do we do in our lives when we see people we love? making bad decisions. We can't stop them. People have free will. They can do what they want to do. I've learned that as a pastor that I've, there's only so many things I can do. I can't, I don't, I can't fix everyone or everything. I can only be faithful as best I can. Um, I think, and when we read the rest of the story with Paul, we're going to see what Paul does and Paul leads and Paul prays. I think one of the things that, not one of the things, perhaps the most important thing that we can do when we see those we love, those that we're in a relationship with making bad decisions. First, we can do what Paul tried to do here, and that's have a conversation with them and say, listen, are you, you sure about this? You sure this is a good idea? I love you. I'm not mad at you. Just want you to think through what you're doing. Sure about this? I think that's one of the first, frankly, in our lives, we all need somebody who will do that for us. I, I know in my life, I have in, friends and individuals who will come to me and times and say, Andy, you sure about this? You sure that's a good idea? We all need people in our life that will do that for us. And likewise, we need to do that for others. We need to do that for others. And sometimes we do that for others. And sometimes they still plunge headlong into something that we think will be a disastrous decision. What do we do then? We continue to love. We continue to be a friend. Continue to be a family member, a colleague. But we pray. We pray. 
We pray for God to prevent damage if possible. We pray for God to prevent harm. But, you know, let's be honest. Sometimes in my life, what I've needed to learn was harm to be come to me. You know, I've needed to touch the stove and see that it's hot so you don't touch it again. You know, that's sometimes pain is the thing that teaches us. So uh, when I see somebody I love making a bad decision or doing something that I, I'm powerless to stop or fix or whatever, I pray hard for them. First off, if possible, for pain to be avoided. For the decision to not go the way that I think it's going to go. Now, now, Paul is not just making a guess here. Paul is being led by the Spirit. That's the difference. A lot of times, ours are just hunches. But there are times when God gives us this word or warning. And it goes unheeded. So we love anyway. We love anyway. We pray. We pray. I've always prayed for it not to be as painful as I think it might be. But I always pray, too, that a lesson can be learned. And that individuals can grow from bad decisions. That nothing is hopefully destroyed permanently. And that things can be rebuilt and restored. We're going to see ultimately, and this is the great hope in all this. We're gonna, this is the great hope in all these things. When people make bad decisions, it's a great hope. We're going to see that God's going to be at work in all that's going to happen next. That something good is going to come out of it. And I think ultimately, that is our great, great hope in the midst of all this. Is that God's at work. Even in the bad decisions. Even when things don't go right. Even when things are hard or harmful, even when people are going to do things that are going to be hurtful. Romans 8, 28, God can bring something good out of anything and that there's not a single thing in life that God can't somehow bring some good out of. So Paul warns them and they don't listen. But we're going to see in the next few chapters, I'm sorry, the next two through sections that um, God will bring something good out of it. So today, be in relationship with folk, love on folk when they make decisions that you might not agree with. Um, keep loving them. If you, if you can, warn them. Say, yeah, I don't know about that. Love them anyway. Pray for God to be at work in it. For it not to be as painful as we think it might be. But when the pain comes, for that pain to be an element of teaching. For them and for us. So, um, Life's not always easy, y'all. Sometimes there's pain and hard stuff. And we, we work through it. Thanks for being with us. Tomorrow we're going to see um, what happens next in Paul's journey. So um, thanks for being with us. Hope you have a great rest of your Monday, and we'll see you tomorrow morning. Have a great day.